Welcome, you're listening to the C to Z of movies. Uh, my name is Colin, I'm the C, and with me is Zijan the Z. Hello, Zijan. Hi, everyone. We have a theme song now, don't we, Colin? We do have a theme song. We haven't heard it, but it has just been played for our listeners, I expect. Um, okay, I've not heard it either, so it'll be a surprise for me as well. There we go. I should credit the good people of uh, bensound.com. So I was looking for some free music to use at the uh, the front of the show, and it turns out that if people are giving away music free, it's generally rubbish, uh, which makes sense. But uh, this man, he knows what he's doing. He's got some great music. Uh, I've taken it for free, but I need to credit him. So uh, thanks, man I've never met. Thanks, Ben. Yeah. I could have sang the theme song, though. Maybe next time. Yeah, we can do it. We can have a new theme song every single week. Oh, man. It'll take me hours to find that one. <laughs> right. Well, today we're talking uh, mostly X-Men Apocalypse. Um, we've both seen that. It's been out in the UK for uh, about a week and a half now, is it? And uh, only just come out in the States a few days ago. I only saw it on Friday, so it'd been out a week before I saw it. You saw it a bit earlier than that, but so hopefully you can still remember. Yep. We're also uh, talking Shawshank Redemption for a bit, and uh, at least one of us will be talking about Judy Dench. Uh, we'll come on to that. Uh, but before I do that, it must be time for news. Do you have any news, Zijan? Uh, a few. Well, I always have to start with a Disney piece of news, so I'm going to start with a Disney piece of news. I thought you might. It's to do with the Beauty and the Beast trailer. Oh, all right. Yeah, have you seen it? Uh, yes, it's like 12 seconds long or something, isn't it? Yeah, it's the most watched trailer of all time. No. Yeah, it is. Um, 91.8 million views in the first 24 hours, beating The Force Awakens. What? Yeah, I know, right? There must be computers involved. That's robots. (laughs) (laughs) To to be fair, though, I've seen it about like 10 times already. They're mostly you. I've seen it once. I don't think I'll bother seeing it again. Why? Because nothing happens. She says hello. That's it. Exactly. It was very nostalgic for me, and... Uh, Ewan McGregor's French accent was truly horrendous. Was that Ewan McGregor? Yeah, yeah, it was. Is he playing a candlestick or something? He plays Lumiere, yep. And do you know who plays Coxworth? I don't know. Oh, that's, that's the clock. Um, is it Ian McKellen? Yes, it is. Yeah, I did know that. Oh, yeah, wow. Yeah. Uh, I've never seen Beauty and the Beast. What? <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, so the thing is, I am terrified of, of objects that come to life, basically. <laughs> We talked before about how I don't really watch horror films. I also don't watch films where things come to life. There was a car advert a while ago where buildings wave at the car. It absolutely petrified me. So um, talking uh, candlesticks, talking clocks, no. I can't be having that. What? <laughs> that is a weird phobia. But speaking of uh, speaking of Disney, um, yeah. I thought this, wasn't, this was going to be the one you brought up. But uh, Little Mermaid, they're, they're talking about doing that one. Um, yes. Which, by the way, also the most terrifying film I've ever seen. Um, I saw it when Why? I was, I don't know, five or six or something. And uh, was it Ursula? She absolutely yep. scared the hell out of me. And I've not seen it since. Um, so in my mind, that's still a really scary film. But they talked about that, that being made live action. And um, you're a fan of Firefly, aren't you, Zijan? But um, I follow yeah, I uh, Jewel State on Twitter. Jewel State, who played Kaylee in that. Mm. And she's she's starting a campaign to get her to play The Little Mermaid. Um Hashtag Jewel as Ariel. So I support that. I think oh, okay. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, well, Disney is just re- <laughs> rehashing all of your films now. All of them. Yeah. The back catalogue of... I don't know what, what they're yeah. doing in the board meetings. I mean, sure. Because it's, it's a long time between announcements. They're just sitting there going, like, oh, what else have we not made yet? Oh, that one. <laughs> I, it's like, surely they could have done that one in 10 minutes, just get a list of films and tick them off or something. Oh. Yeah, I don't think it's a bad idea though. I mean, the the old films were good for a reason, and yeah, I I'm particularly looking forward to seeing Beauty and the Beast again. So that that's that. Even though I'm thirty years old and should know better, <laughs> but still, it's it's just a good story, really. And that's the reason why it's still like a fairy tale. People still tell them to their kids nowadays. There's still books written about them. So how many have they got left? Do they? I know they announced quite a few, but they kind of did Snow White. And what, what, Disney made Snow White and the Huntsman, did they? they? Yeah, didn't they? Uh, I think so. Is that them? Anyway, someone made it. And a Probably. sequel that no one watched. Yeah. Um, they, they've not made Mulan yet, have they? Uh, no, it's in the works. It's in the pipeline. Is it? Oh, Anastasia? Yeah. Is that coming? I don't know about that. I don't think it's as popular. Live um, action Lady in the Trump? Probably. Lion King? Yes, of course. Yeah, you have to do Lion King, though, eventually. That's the thing. There's it's... not even a single human in Lion King. It's even worse than no. Jungle Book. Oh, dear. Jungle Book, you only have one, right? So I'm sure yeah. you can 
manage without a single human. Uh, what else? Uh, Aladdin? Yes, of course. Uh, mm-hmm. There's a flying carpet in it, Colin. You'll be afraid. I don't think you should watch it. I'm terrified of... of well, it doesn't have a face. I'm okay with that. Why flies, Colin? So, so, so do planes. <laughs> yeah. They're not people. Anyway, speaking of things that fly, vultures. Apparently Michael Keaton is back in talks to play the vulture in Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well done, connecting all, all of them together. Yeah, yeah I, I was pretty, pretty pleased with that. Yeah. <laughs> I think he'd be great in that. I just watched Spotlight again yesterday, actually, and he, he was great in that film. I think it's quite a renaissance he's had since he... Uh, since he was in Birdman a couple of years back. I think, having seen pictures of the Vulture and, and read one or two uh, comics with him in, I think Michael Keaton's a great fit. Is it, is it basically Birdman? It is basically Birdman. Yeah, yeah Vulture is a Birdman, so he's just basically playing the same character again. So we, we know he can do it. Uh, yeah, he's already done, put on the costume and everything. It kind of looks like a Vulture in an original Birdman film, so why not? There you go. Mm. I think they used to talk about Ben Kingsley for that role, but now he's played the Mandarin... Um, well, yeah, a, he played a British person posing as the Mandarin. Yes. British actor posing as the Mandarin, yeah. Oh, boy, we're going to go back into uh, racial uh, contretemps, aren't we? Um, yeah, a little bit. Let's, let's skip over that for now. <laughs> uh, we always go past this every single time. We do. We mm. do. Um, Speaking of British actors, I've got one. Oh, yeah. Uh, Tom Hiddleston is in talks to be a new James Bond. There you go. Which is actually, speaking of... As you say, uh, British actors, it's quite rare for an Englishman to play James Bond. Um, of all the James Bonds, I think he would be the only the third one who was actually English. Is it? Who are the other two? Uh, Daniel Craig and Roger Moore. So uh, Sean Connery was Scottish, George Lazenby was Australian, uh, Timothy Dalton was Welsh, and Pierce Brosnan was Irish. Did you know that it took me a long, long time to find out that Pierce Brosnan is Irish? I thought he was American. Really? For the longest time ever. I have no idea why I thought that. I thought he was American. But that was back then when I thought James Bond was American. You see, we didn't get a lot of... Um, you thought James Bond was American? We didn't get a lot of British telly back home. Oh, boy. <laughs> I thought it was just a, another accent, another part of America that I've not discovered yet. They've got 50 states. I suppose one of them could have, a, could have an English accent. Yeah, exactly. So I thought he was American for the longest time ever. You know that I'm not American, right? Uh, well, not anymore. What? Anyway, um, what do you think about Tom Hiddleston for the role? I think he is, he'll be good, actually. He was, he was in a spy film recently as well, wasn't he? I'm trying to think. Uh, he's been in High Rise recently. He was in um, The Night Manager, which a TV yes. series. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's, good. it's a little bit... He's a bit famous for it. I think most people who go to play Bond aren't as high profile as he is. Like Daniel Craig obviously had done a few things, but he wasn't the same kind of level as, of fame. So yeah. I'm a little bit surprised they've gone with that. There was a lot of talk of going for uh, Idris Elba. That'd be cool. Yeah, I, I think that there's no reason at all why James Bond shouldn't be black. I'm not sure Idris Elba was the right fit for mm. the role. Um, I think James Bond's very suave, and Idris Elba kind of plays more of a rough diamond type character a lot of the time. Yeah, I, I don't think I've seen any of other of Tom's films apart from the Thor films, actually. No, I'm trying to think whether I have. Uh, no, well, a chance for him to do something very different. I, I was kind of hoping for uh, Henry Cavill. I thought he was very good in uh, uh, The Man from Uncle playing a spy. He was in the original running as well, wasn't he? But he lost up to Daniel Craig, I think. Yes, is that right? Yes, he's, he's been in the running for quite a few things. and Obviously, he's got Superman now, so maybe he didn't want to have two franchises. Well, you can argue the same for Tom, right? Yeah, I guess he's not leading the, the MCU franchise. But... but he's pretty much leading the Thor franchise, really. Well, apart from Thor. Uh, mm. The only other piece of news I had, and it's a bit old, but I only saw it a couple of days ago. Um, Daisy Ridley apparently is going to play Ophelia in a spin-off from Hamlet, which I find very funny. Why? I don't think Hamlet needed a spin-off, uh, for, for first thing. I think we, we've lost the last few hundred years with just uh, just a regular Hamlet. And, of course, uh, Steve Coogan's film Hamlet 2, um, <laughs> which I've not seen. There's a Hamlet 2? Well, it's about a, 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 I think it's a school teacher who's written Hamlet 2 for his pupils or something. Um, Anyway, it seems a funny concept, but, but, but Ophelia doesn't really do anything that isn't a part of Hamlet. I mean, she, she, I don't know how well you know Hamlet. We've, we've gone a bit classy here recently. Not at all, Colin. No. Uh, you, you really annoyed with me last week, or last time, when I, I gave you spoilers for Romeo and Juliet, so I don't know where... <laughs> Does someone die here? I bet someone dies. Oh, everyone dies. Oh. Um, 
anyway, I, I look forward to uh, to whatever they can do with that. Okay, yeah, that 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 should be cool. I I don't think I've watched any of the of Shakespeare's adaptations on film before. We'll have to do a Shakespeare episode one time, and then you can do some research. Yeah. <laughs> have, you, have you seen uh, Ten Things I Hate About You? Yeah, I've seen that. Yes, that's loosely based on the Taming of the Shrew. Um, so I hear. And I, if you've seen She's the Man, it's based on Twelfth Night. Anyway, so I hear as well. <laughs> uh, we, I say I said to start. We're going to talk uh, Shawshank Redemption, and we're going to do that a couple of ways. And the first of them is we're going to do a Shawshank Redemption quiz. Now, regular listeners will know we do a, a quiz every week, every fortnight rather. Uh, it's usually the end of the episode, but we're going to do it towards the start now. Um, regular listeners will also know I'm two 0 up. Right, so I'll go first if you don't yeah. mind. Uh, question one: Who directed the Shawshank Redemption? <laughs> oh man, <laughs> why do I not know this? When I was doing my research on this, Oh... Uh... Did you actually go ahead and um, see the Shawshank Redemption again, as you promised? No, I, I was going to watch it again, but I never got around to it. So, uh, so ah. this, is all, this is all off Wikipedia and occasional YouTube clips. Now, this, is this, someone this, strikes me as something, this strikes me as something you might have seen in your research. Yeah, I know. I, I thought so. I thought I would as well. Oh, this is so annoying. I, I'm just going to go to Spielberg, but I'm pretty sure it's wrong. Uh, it's Frank Darabont. Or Darabont Has he made anything else after that? Uh, he made some other Stephen King adaptations. I may have given away some oh. answers to other questions. Um, but yeah, he's, he's not, not particularly well, and this is definitely his most famous film. Okay, that's done uh, for me. So next question, uh, yeah. the first question for me actually is, um, this film is set in which US state? Ooh, well, that's a good question. Um, I'm going to say it's set in Texas. Uh, no, it's in Maine. Oh, did you look at that? We're doing well. Okay, question two. Uh, the film was based on a novella from a collection of four novellas. What was the collection called? Uh, <laughs> um, dang it. <laughs> I, really have no, I, I really have no clue. Oh, yes. um, I know that the actress in the, in the title of the book was Rita Hayworth or something? Well, that's not the question I'm asking. Uh, yeah, I'm going to give you a random answer. You know, hoping you give me the, un- the, the correct oh, point. Right. Okay. Uh, uh, the answer. So you, do you give up? No, um, I'm giving up. Was it uh, different seasons? <laughs> okay. Yeah, I could have guessed that. So obvious. Why were there like four different seasons? Were there like four books? But apparently, each one did uh, did reflect a different season of the year. I can't remember which one this one reflected. To be honest. Okay. My second question. Yep. Uh, what was the first item that Andy asked for from Red? Oh, that's a good question. Uh, I really should have watched this film again. This was uh, really <laughs> yeah. out. Uh, I hear you're a man who can get things. I've been known to get things from time to time. Um, the first... Was it the rock hammer? Yeah, it is. Oh, yes. One zero. Zero. Okay. Um, question three. Uh, when Andy asks Red why they call him Red, what does he reply? Uh, yeah, I know this. Uh, maybe it's because I'm Irish. Very good. Correct. One all. Question three. Um, Andy earned two weeks in the hole by blasting which opera through the prison PA? Uh, I did look at that in my research. That was The Marriage of Figaro. Yeah, that's right. Excellent. A 2-1 lead. Question four. Uh, what does Red tell Andy is a dangerous thing that can drive a man insane? Um, it's him, right? Um, no, it's hope. Oh, hope. Yeah. Hope, hope is a dangerous thing that can drive a man insane. Of course it is. Question number four. Andy gave Red a present upon his getting denied for parole. What was it? I really should have seen this film again. Because um, he got it from someone else. Yep. He said, I, I used one of your competitors. I hope you don't mind. I don't know, a, a, a bottle of whiskey. Or it was a harmonica. Harmonica, of course it was. Mm-hmm. Okay, right. Uh, this one's a pool level. Uh, question five. Uh, in what book did Andy hide his rock hammer? Ah. Uh. In what book? Was it the Bible? It was the Bible. Hey! Right, one question to go. Can I, uh, can I win this one? Yeah. Um, hit me. Whose poster was it that hit the hole that Andy made? Uh, well, he went for a few different posters. Yeah. Um, but the last one was Raquel Welch. Yeah, that's correct. Oh, yes. Pulled out the bag. <sighs> and a 3-0 series victory. Everyone loves the underdog, Colin. So. <laughs> yeah. It's, not, it's a marathon, not a sprint. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Zijan, what are we doing a quiz on next time? Well, in honour of Tom Hiddleston, uh, we're doing James Bond. Okay, well, you and I can, can do some research on that. There uh, is quite a huge back catalogue. 
that's, that's, like I say, having done a quiz on just one film, we've now got a quiz on 24 films, is yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Maybe maybe we should narrow it down a little bit. We can we can think about that. Um, <laughs> right, so on to the, the main topic of the day, uh, X-Men Apocalypse. Um, Ooh. There you go. So first of all, uh, I think this is, if I've counted correctly, this is the uh, eighth X-Men film, uh, if you don't count Deadpool. Where would you rank it in that? Ah... Uh... I think the film was okay. Okay. It was um, it was okay. It was quite meh, really. To be fair, yeah. I pref- I still prefer. So my favorite X Men films are still X Two. Okay. Followed by X One. Um, I never really cared too much for um the Wolverine films, and X Three was probably the worst film of the bunch. And, and I think I've spoken to you about this before, but I never really liked the new iteration of the X Men that much either. Yeah, because cause I, I was quite different. I, I really liked um, First Class and Days of Future Past. I, I'm not, I think at the time I thought they were my favourites. Looking back, I'm not sure. I think X1 in particular has got kind of a nostalgic charm. I really like um, Wolverine and Rogue and, and their kind of relationship. And but I, I would definitely say this one, X-Men Apocalypse, yeah, I'd, I'd agree. It's, it's, not, it's not up to the level of those, yeah, those four, either X1, X2 or, or the, I don't think it's up to the level of the, the two prequels we've had. It's better than X3 and it's better than the Wolverines, but they're not good. So but that's not about so it. Much. Yeah, I think my problem with First Class or Days of Future Past is because that they highlighted a lot of characters that are quite secondary in the comic books. Like in okay. a First Class film, you have characters like Azazel and Darwin and another angel, the girl with the oh, yeah. who can spit poison, which are just like very very degrade characters so i didn't really care too much about them i mean compared to like x2 and x1 where you have cyclops and jean gray and storm who are basically the the x-men as you grew up and know about them and hence that's why i think i preferred this film a little bit more than days of future past or first class oh really yeah okay this is probably why we take different views because i never read the comics and I, I never saw the tv series and like this so so the films are really only my only point of reference and whilst I, I know that people like Cyclops and, and Jean Grey and Storm, I don't think they were brilliantly done in the first films, to be honest. I mean, Halle Berry barely says anything. Um, Cyclops is fine. Jean Grey is fine. But she, the kind of the whole Dark Phoenix saga wasn't done well on X3. No. So, so whereas the original films, I think, did really well with, with Charles Xavier and with um, with Magneto and with Wolverine and Rogue. Um, the others I, I could take or leave. So just the, the fact that we've got new versions of them. So, so if people haven't seen uh, X-Men Apocalypse, we, um, we do get younger versions of Jean Grey, of Cyclops, and in fact of uh, Nightcrawler. They, they were fine. We'll come on to those, I guess. But um, mm-hmm. I'm not going to get that excited just by seeing those people. Whereas I guess if you're a fan of the comics or, or the cartoon, the series, then you probably would be, would be more excited by seeing them. Yeah, they are, they are iconic to me, really. They are they are the original X-Men. Well, at least Cyclops and Jean were, and Beast Oh, yeah. Yes. yeah, that's the thing. They 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 are the X Men, and if you look at the cartoons or you read the comic books, the original five was uh, Cyclops, Jean, Iceman, Beast, and Angel, and four okay. of them were in the last in the most recent film. Okay, so we'll come on. So we probably should have said, but we're going to do kind of non spoilers, and then at some point we'll madly scream the word spoilers and then. And <laughs> yeah, I'll scream it out loud. Excellent. Yeah. Um, but whilst we're in non-spoilers, what did you think? So you said you, you quite liked seeing those characters. What, what did you think about the actors, the uh, the new, the kind of the younger cast, Jean Grey, uh, Cyclops, Nightcrawler? I thought they did okay, actually. I was expecting the worst because um, hmm. I didn't really like the look of um, the new Jean Grey. I kind of got gotten used to the X1, X2 Jean yeah. Grey played by, what's her name again? Famke Jensen. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, who was in a Bond film, I believe. Yeah, she was. And yeah. I thought she was a really good Jean Grey. Um, so I wasn't very sold on the new Jean Grey. But I thought they did a very commendable job, considering. Yeah, I, I, I thought she was a bit hit and missed. I thought she had some very good scenes and some, and some weaker ones. Is she in Game of Thrones? Yeah, apparently. Yeah. This is the thing, I don't watch Game of Thrones. So you get all these actors now that everyone's heard of that I've, uh, I, I don't have a clue. She's but, probably um, dead, though. The, the character or the actor? The character. Okay, in the Game of Thrones. Reassuring. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I thought I thought Scott Summers was good. I thought he kind of had that slightly annoying characteristic that James Marsden did as well. He kind of he puts people on edge a little bit. Yeah, yeah, and obviously with um, discovering his powers and not really wanting to to be there, he played that well. Mm-hmm. Nightcrawler, I liked. I thought Alan Cumming was excellent as Nightcrawler in X Two, and I don't think 
this chap whose name I've forgotten uh, lived up to that standard. But overall, I don't think they can carry a franchise. Obviously, they're probably not going to be asked to to be the leads necessarily in no, later films. But if it if it was just the three of them, I don't think I. And Storm, don't forget Storm. And Storm, yeah, we'll come on to. Um, in fact, Storm. What was I talking about? Storm. Her, her accent. So uh, Halle Berry kind of did a bit of an accent for X One and then abandoned it. Yes. After that, and this is this seems to be another accent, although not the same accent that Halle Berry was trying. I no, I don't think Halle Berry's accent was any good to begin with. I thought it was kind of Frenchish, but uh, yeah. well, Storm in the comics is supposed to be an African princess kind of person. Okay. Yeah, so you expect you know a generic African accent on her, which yes. I thought this Storm yeah. put it off really well. Yeah, she she did fine, didn't she? Mm. And that had the classic X Men trope of her hair turning white. Um, yeah, that's that's to, usual. Good to see. Of the of the old cast coming back, so we had um, Jennifer Lawrence back again, uh, James McAvoy, Michael Fassbender, Nicholas Holt. Mm-hmm. They're all really good actors. I, I, I happily watch them in most things. But I, I thought James McAvoy and Michael Fassbender were good, but didn't really give us anything new. We've kind of seen the, the, what, what they can do with, the, with these characters. I thought Jennifer Lawrence was quite bland, to be honest. I mean, she's a she's a great actress. She does some very distinctive films, but she, I don't, I don't think it was deliberate, but she's kind of seemed quite bored. <laughs> I was going to say, she didn't look as bored in this as she did in Mockingjay Part 2. Okay. Yeah, that, that's all I can. That's all I can give in this. I th- I don't think her character had a lot to do. To be fair, I think her character was just shooed in just because. Yeah, well, because when when she was in um, Days of Future Past, she she was no one really heard of it. It's before her Oscar nomination, I think, or certainly before her Oscar win. Um, so she wasn't anywhere near the kind of a star. And they made Mystique a much bigger part of Days of Future Past because they had Jennifer Lawrence, I think. Yes. But yeah, you're right. And in this one, she. Certainly didn't have the same character arc that she had in uh, in Days of Future Past. Yeah, there wasn't much though, but I'm sure we can cover that in our spoilers yeah. afterwards. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Quicksilver, I thought was great. I think he he was great last time. He was great this time. Yeah, uh, he was really good. Very, what do you think very... about Moira McTaggart? I thought she was very odd. I didn't really know why she was there. Yeah, me neither. I didn't know what. <sighs> okay, we're going to go through this in the spoilers as well. But yeah, yeah. Um... Let's 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 leave that to spoilers, shall we? I was yeah. going to say. The first class came out in 2011, so it's five years ago, and they're all supposed to be 20 years older. Did you think any of them looked 20 years older? Well, to be fair, Mystique can't really age. Yep, we'll give her the benefit of the doubt, even though she has aged because she was a small girl and then she returned to Florence and then later she's uh, in the original trilogy, she's much older. Yeah, yeah, I'll I'll give you that one, fine. So Mystique is fine. Um... But, But you look at Nicholas Holt and you think, are we supposed to believe that 20 years ago he was uh, <laughs> that character from the first film really well to be fair though, he didn't have much to do this time around anyway so no again I, th- I thought he was good with what he got but he didn't get much the the biggest disappointment for me and that we'll, we'll, I say we'll take, talk more in spoilers which I think we're coming to fairly soon but um, with yeah. Oscar Isaac as Apocalypse I think Apocalypse is a really boring character a lot of films say oh, our, our bad guy isn't just trying to take over the world for no reason that's pretty much what Apocalypse is. He just wants to destroy the world for no reason, doesn't he? Yeah, he was. He... I, I don't think that's spoilers because his name's Apocalypse, but what was the point? I don't get it. Well, in the comics, I think Apocalypse will basically wants to prove that um, survival of the fetus, and to him, the fetus are the mutants. That's why he wants to wipe off all of humanity, or, or, or at least to remind humans that mutants are more powerful than they are, basically. That was kind of his plan in the film, but it's not much for a plan, is it? It started off like that, but then it became a bit, little bit yeah. weird towards the end. But I think Oscar Isaac, he's, he's such a such a chameleon. I've seen him in a few films, and he's been really different in in all of them. So um, it was in a uh, Coen Brothers film called Inside Lewin Davis, where he's playing kind of downwards luck uh, singer-songwriter. He, he played, um, not exactly a mad scientist, but kind of very odd uh, scientist in Ex Machina. Uh, and he also played um, Poe Dameron in Star Wars, and all completely different. But he was just, I mean, he was under two inches of makeup in this, and, and barely. It seems such a waste of a really good actor, because he didn't have any kind of character development. He didn't have any kind of emotional or dramatic moments, really. No. He just spoke in a growly voice, which they must have gone, put, gone through a computer anyway. But most bad guys are like that, though, in comics. They just happen to hate the world and want to destroy the world, etc. You say that, but I think. One of, one of the uh, the strengths of the X Men series has been they haven't done that really. So particularly in the first couple, like well, at least when it's um, when Magneto wants to, to kill off people, you kind of you understand why he's want to do that. You see kind of the complex uh, complexities of his life and of his his rationale. 
you don't have someone just saying, yeah, I fancied killing everyone. I don't think that's ever happened in the X-Men before. What about Sebastian Shaw? What was his plan? I can't remember now. Ah, oh, that's a good question. I remember how he got killed. Um, yeah, I remember, everyone remembers how he got killed. And it's like... I think it, it was a classic, we want, we're mutants, so we're going to be in charge. Okay, fair enough. Maybe he was a, maybe he was one of the, let's kill everyone because we're mutants. Yeah. So then first class wasn't really about him, was it? No, that's the thing. It was about uh, Magneto versus uh, uh, Charles. and I know we talked about um, Civil War about a month ago now, and, and that was very new for the MCU to have teams of, of superheroes up against each other. But X-Men have been doing it for nearly 20 years in the films, kind of having teams of, uh, of mutants up against each other. Yeah, but I always thought that the Avengers did it the best, though. Oh yeah, they did it fantastic. Yeah, I uh, think what was what I missed in the first two X-Men films, and I love them as well, X1, X2, is just that it didn't feel like a team effort. It always okay. seems like there's always one person fighting another person. And just like for example, yeah, for spoiler alert, like in X2, it was just Wolverine against Lady Deathstrike, and that was it. Just one against yes. the other. It didn't feel like yeah. a team effort. And it was Cyclops against Jean for part of the... Just because. And it just didn't feel right. Okay. Yeah. Um, are we ready for spoilers now, do you think? Yeah, yeah. Spoilers. Right. Spoilers, 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 spoilers. Spoilers. You've been warned. <laughs> Shall I start? Go for it. Okay. Things I did not like about this new X-Men film. And I've written quite a few, actually. Okay. There were quite a few unnecessary characters. So, like like Moria McTaggart. Uh, so I, I mean, I like the fact that they brought her back from first class. But, yeah, what did she do? She wandered around... Uh, Egypt. Uh, Egypt for a bit. Opening... Oh, she was the one who revealed the blanket, which caused the sun to shine on the pyramid, which caused Apocalypse to come alive again. So it was her fault this whole time. Ah, oh, Moira. Yeah. That's the thing. Um, she flew a plane. Good, yes. Um, she had a... I was going to come on to the romantic relationships later, but she had a kind of slightly odd, half-written uh, romantic relationship with uh, Charles Xavier. Yeah, I didn't like that bit as well. I thought they wanted to just make Charles seem like this geeky, love-lorn kid and yeah. wanted to put some funny bits in it just because... Me, I don't remember any sort of romantic subplot between them in, in first class. Yeah, me either, actually. Um, although, it was only when they showed the flashback in the film that I remembered that they'd, uh, they had kissed at the end, but that was just to wipe her memory. Do you remember Jubilee? So this is the thing. I, I was reading the Wikipedia page and it said Jubilee was in it. I was like, who? Um, yeah, yeah. I Googled it. That's and the yes, point. Yes, she was in it, yes. Yeah, it's it's ridiculous though, cause she was in like all the scenes with all the young actors in it. Like she was in yeah. the car, right? She's basically an Asian girl, by the way. If no one knows. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I don't know whether that was kind of a bit tokenism, or whether they're setting her up for a later film where she might do a bit more. But uh, it's I don't know. just pointless yes. to put her in this film, really, cause she was yes. in all the scenes with all the young actors until they realized that oh, I don't really need you. Yeah. In the I last didn't scene. know what her powers are. Oh, she shoots fireworks from her fingers or something. Did she do that at all? No, no. There's <laughs> oh, a thing, it's very pointless. It's a very pointless thing to do, to put her in this Maybe film. she brought the snacks or something. Yeah, she probably did. <laughs> any, any other characters didn't, didn't need to be there? There was some bits which I, I was laughing out loud in the, the cinema. There was a part when there was this scientist explaining to a group of politicians and generals about what's happening to oh, the yeah. Earth when Magneto was causing the Earth to rise. Right. And that was just so random. <laughs> who are these people? I don't care who these important-looking people are. I assume they're US generals, but I don't care. Why Why <laughs> do you need them in the film? Um, I kept thinking throughout, how does this fit in with the X-Men timeline? And I know <laughs> they've rebooted everything yeah. uh, with, with Days of Future Past, but I was trying to think, would this have happened? So things like apocalypse. Would apocalypse have happened in in, in the original timeline? Did, did this, in when we watched X one, mm-hmm. is it all a kind of post apocalypse, as it were, or did that only happen because of things that happened in Days of Future Past? And it hurt my head, so I don't want to think about it too. Much. But <laughs> things like when Wolverine turns up and runs out into the snow is like is that now an alternative storyline to the one that we got in X Men Origins? Yep. Which presumably has now been completely removed. Yep. Um, you conveniently remove the films you do not like. Well, he's removed all the films. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's true. That is true. Apart from like five minutes at the beginning of Wolverine where he's predates that. But even in the... And we're going a bit off topic, but X-Men's not very good at, at getting its timelines accurate. So at the end of X3, Charles is dead. Pat, no, not really. Have, well, he's dead, but then they found his twin brother or something. Yeah, yeah, see? Magneto and Rogue have lost their powers, maybe. 
Um, at the end of the Wolverine, Wolverine doesn't have adamantium claws anymore. And then all of that they get rid of for a Days of Future Past. It's just like, oh, he's got his claws back somehow off screen. It shouldn't spoil the enjoyment of the films, I guess. <laughs> My biggest problem with this film, though... Yep, go on. ...was, was the, the Four Horsemen. Okay. So, <laughs> yep, yep, go on. So I had it on tra- as well. Yeah, I saw it in the trailers, you see it, and... Um, and I thought, oh, they must have like mind control or something. They go into Magneto's um, uh, reasoning a fair bit, and Magneto likes to kill all humans quite a lot, so fine. Mm-hmm. Most, most films involve him wanting to kill all humans and then realising maybe he shouldn't. That's kind of what he does. But, okay, so Storm. Why on earth was Storm willing to kill billions of people? Because Apocalypse saved her life. So? From humans. Okay, so so he, he stopped her dying. So she's like, yeah, I'll happily kill billions of humans. Well, she wasn't really killing people was she we can all agree i think his plan was to kill billions of people yeah yeah maybe she and she's just she's just standing saying yeah i'm i'm all up for that and then she <laughs> see, until she sees him trying to kill one person she's like oh i'm not sure about that now ah, she's That's still young colin <laughs> at what point in my youth would i be happy to kill billions <laughs> of people? maybe she had a very difficult childhood yeah maybe mm. and then we've got um is it angel there's like three at least three angels in the x-men thing that confuses me but, yeah um, it is angel. so he, he was quite quite moody therefore he wants to kill billions of people oh he got some nice new wings maybe he just had a very difficult childhood as well <laughs> can't be answered directly <laughs> <laughs> no the th- the, I, I can answer I can probably answer the angel one actually because um, oh, yeah. it's more fan service than anything else because angel is probably one of apocalypse most famous um, horsemen in the comic book series and that's because um, he was one of the original X-Men as I mentioned earlier yeah. He was one of the first five. And his transformation from Angel to Archangel, which was when he got this metallic wings, etc., was probably oh, yeah. one of the uh, more significant moments in Apocalypse um, storyline in the comic right. books. And I'm guessing that he being in this um, show is just for fan service rather than anything else. Right. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. Um, well, I say fair enough. I'm still not on board with that. Nope. But, but okay. Um, and then we've got Psylocke, which Olivia <laughs> Munn, who I think is... a um, I really like her in, in, she was in a TV series called The Newsroom, and she kind of showed really good um, comedy and good and good at drama as well. So I was really pleased when she was added to this universe. And she has maybe, what, five lines or something? I, I don't know. She doesn't <laughs> yeah. say much. She doesn't say much. Uh, when, when, when she turns up, Caliban, named after a character from Shakespeare, by the way, says, oh, she's quite jealous. And there, that's all the motivation she's got for killing billions of people, is that she's quite jealous of Mystique, I guess. No, it doesn't make any sense. It makes so much sense. <laughs> She had uh, a difficult childhood. <laughs> did she? Did she? <laughs> no, no, no. I agree on that. Those points. Um, um, out of the four, I think Manito had the best reason to join Apocalypse. The other three was just turn up. So that was my biggest problem with it. I mean, because it's a lot of people who don't like comic book films. This is probably what they think they're all like in terms of character motivation, and it's just not true in the X Men films. The X Men they do. Things like the Days of Future Past, looking at the treatment, well, all of them, looking at the treatment of mutants by humans and um, playing back from Magneto to when he was in a concentration camp. And they, they really do dig deep into the motivations and they just didn't do it in this one. No. Uh, which I thought was a show. And to be fair, this whole four horsemen thing is much of a gimmick, really. I mean, why do you need four? Exactly four. Why can't you have more? <laughs> just because I named myself Apocalypse means I need to have four horsemen and that's it. And why didn't you have any horses? Well, in the in the cartoon series, they did have horses. That's quite fine. And in the in the uh, the post credits from the last one, they had horses, didn't they? But yeah, they did. And half of them aren't even men. Four horsemen's a terrible name. <laughs> um, I was surprised by the number of conveniences in this film. Conveniences as in as in toilets. <laughs> no, there's only two where I was. But <laughs> um, no, it's just that um, the whole. Mention X exploding thing was saved by oh, yes. one person, Quicksilver. Yeah. The whole Striker thing was saved by Wolverine, and the whole Apocalypse thing was saved by Jean. Yeah, and I guess they, that was the point of Jean, wasn't it? I mean, that, that, she is phenomenally powerful, I guess. I did feel a bit sorry for Cyclops, by the way. Jean was doing all that stuff, and Cyclops was just waving his eyes at it to, to add a little bit, which probably makes no difference at all. Um, yeah, but I mean, Quicksilver arrived just in time for the bomb. That was convenient. It was. Yeah, and there was a bit where you know Xavier was in contact with Jean for some reason because he knows that Jean would be able to find out where he was. 
for some reason. There's some very unspecified powers where he can send subliminal messages underneath mind messages. Yeah, because suddenly Jean will say, oh, I know where they are now. They're like, what? How do you know? Yeah. They didn't explain that at all. No, I, mean, I guess it's not uncommon to have fairly vaguely defined powers. I mean, like, things like Apocalypse, his powers are never coming close to defined, were they? Like, he can control sand. Yeah, yep. <laughs> He can do a lot with sand, in fairness. Um, he can make... I suppose if you're a mutant in Egypt, controlling sand is quite important. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think all of his powers were sand-based, weren't they? Apart he can, from... Well, he can turn feathers into metal. He can turn uh, hair white. Yes. He can give Psylocke a much skimpier outfit. He can... <laughs> he can remove hair from Charles Xavier as well. Yes. Yes, the, the exciting story of how uh, Professor X became bald. That was so, so weird. I thought they were going to do it when he had the um, uh, Cerebro helmet on and all, all the kind of power was coursing through. I thought he's got it's actually covering his head. This is a perfect time to get him losing his hair. Yes, I actually thought so too as well. And then it became something very weird. Suddenly he lost hair because when you transfer your mind into someone else's body, your hair... You lose your hair. You lose Everyone, your knows hair. That, Everyone knows that, Everyone knows that. Because it's the first time that X-Men... I think I'm right in saying the first time the X-Men films have gone some, some sort of mysticism outside of a... Of an individual, so obviously everyone's got mutant powers, and fair enough. We're asked to believe that if a human gene mutates, then it means that we can teleport. Fine, but this is suddenly a uh, when the sun hits this, all the gold stuff goes up through some stone. I mean, that's never been part of X Men in the movies before. That kind of no. magic type thing going on. I mean, I, yeah, you don't want to think too hard about that, I suppose. But... Yeah, I probably should. You'll wreck your brain. You'll lose some hair, Colin. <laughs> I, I, I am losing my hair, uh, not because of that. <laughs> Is there anything you like? Yeah, so I didn't. So I didn't hate. It. I came out thinking that that was fine. So I, I like. I say it's, it's got a great cast, and and whilst some of them, yeah, whilst Jennifer Lawrence, I think wasn't brilliant. I did like uh, McAvoy and Fassbender as ever. I thought Holt was good as well. Mm-hmm. My favourite bit, actually, and I know you said it was a bit convenient, but when uh, when Quicksilver turns up to, to the tune of uh, Sweet Dreams Are Made of These. I think that scene went on a bit long, probably, but his arrival, I thought, was beautiful. Um, very well done. Yeah, that was really fun. I, I agree with you. I mean, I know the plot line, it's very convenient, but I did enjoy the scene, nonetheless. I thought, because it's going to be difficult to top his scene from Days of Future Past, which is probably the best part of that movie. Um, and as I said, I think it went on a bit long. And also, I think, given how close he was a few times, he was very uh, calm about the whole thing. Yeah. Um, oh, question. Also, why didn't he decide to tell Magneto that he was his son? Good question. Also, why did he tell Mystique who then wandered around telling everyone? Like, a storm just wandered up to him at the end and said, oh, Mystique told me that he's your dad. Yeah, I know. <laughs> what? <laughs> why, uh, why is Mystique telling everyone this? That's my secret. Yeah. She's such a blabbermouth. She, she is indeed. She is indeed. But, yeah, no, I, I, film-wise, maybe so that they can hold that revelation off to the next film. Character-wise... Um, I guess if, if it turned out that your dad was a again, I, I hate to come back to killing billions of people all the time, but if if you just met your dad and he was about to kill billions of people, you might hold off telling him. Um, but yeah. I thought that was the whole point in the first place. To try, yeah, no, that's true. Obviously, Magneto very very upset by losing his daughter. So I guess the point was you've still got you've still got family. Yeah, exactly. Here. I thought that was going to lead to that. Yeah, no, I don't, I don't know why they didn't do that. Um, I also don't know why he's still living in his mum's basement ten years on. <laughs> Maybe he just likes it there. That's not good enough. Mm. Not good enough. He could. I mean, think of the jobs he could do with that kind of speed. He could do anything. He could, but he'll get bored very easily, though. That's true. Mm. And I suppose he steals all the food he needs. So uh, exactly. So, so that's fine. Uh, I mentioned before um, romantic subplots. So the, the Moira and Charles one. I mean, it was it was quite funny, but they didn't go anywhere with it, and they just forgot all about it after the first half hour or so. Gene and Scott. I thought that was again fairly promising. Mm-hmm. I never really bought that love triangle in the, in the later films. I never really... No, especially when Wolverine in it, it's just yeah, a bit weird. Yeah, Wolverine never... I mean, Hugh Jackman's a fun, fantastic actor, but he never really pulled that off. No, and there wasn't much chemistry between Scott and Jean anyway in the films, I don't think. No, because I thought they had a bit more of, the, of these youngsters. Uh, I think that could be promising. But again, it was it started off thinking about it and then never really went anywhere with it. And uh, simply Raven and, and, and Hank, or Mystique and Beast, they've, they've been kind of... Will, will they, won't they play in that storyline for, well, 20 years in, in film chronology? I guess they only see each other once every 10 years. Uh, did you ever see the uh, the Rogue cut? No. So uh, Days of Future Past had a, what they call a Rogue cut, where they added in Rogue in the future, but they also added some other scenes in, in, the, in the past, and that included uh, a very romantic scene uh, between Mystique and Beast, uh, much more overtly than they've done it in the, uh, in the film before that. Oh, okay. 
and uh, and again they kind of played off it a few times. Hank made reference to the fact that he was. I think he was trying to. You know, he said, um, I, "I chose the colour. I, I based the colour scheme on, and then kind of trailed off." And we're supposed to believe, I think, that he based the colour scheme on Mystique, even though he's also blue. But I, I like those two together. I think they would work well. Yeah. Uh, I'd just like to see actually get on and do something about it rather than just having meaningful looks once every 10 years. <laughs> they do that all the time. Um, <laughs> did you know in the comics that Nightcrawler is Mystique's son as well? I did not know that. Yeah, so there you go. Another connection. It's always blue skin thing. Yes, I assume they're not doing that in this chronology. No, I don't yeah. think they're going to bring that in into the film because it looks it'll look pretty weird, especially because she was the one who saved him, right? Oh, from the, from the cage at the beginning. Yeah, from the cage yeah. at the beginning. With its magic... You can't teleport through these electricity. For some reason. I mean, he can teleport into the White House, but he can't teleport through that cage. No, because it's electrical. Yep. Mm. Fine. <laughs> just, just, just go with it. Uh, one thing I was thinking. Um, so we've had a couple of spin-offs, as it were, from the X-Men universe. But I mean, well, basically, we've had two Wolverines. We're about to get a third. And uh, I don't know if you count Deadpool as a spin-off from it. I guess it kind of is. What spin-offs would you like to see, do you think? If you would like to see any at all. I don't know. I mean, so I would like to see the original Five X Men again. Okay. But I don't think the the actors are really good. But I don't think, as you as we mentioned earlier, they can hold their own. No, no. You need to keep someone. Yeah, hold their own film. You need to keep like Xavier in at least. So, yeah. Because I'd I'd like to see a Mystique. In fact, I'd like to see a Mystique and Beast spin off. I think that would work. But I think that's maybe the way to keep Jennifer Florence interested is to give her her own film. Yeah, um, but she, 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 but she did look really boy in this film, though. And she did, although from from interviews, I mean, she's still talking about wanting to come back and do another one, even though her contract's up. Yeah, so, but only if uh, James and Michael goes back as well, right? Right. Well, I say give her a spin off. She'll do that. <laughs> yeah, they can turn up. She probably will, but I don't know. I mean, I could see it work. I mean, everyone loves Mystique, and I'm pretty sure they can get like Rebecca Romain to come back again. For a cameo, oh, for example. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. She's a busy woman. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I mean, like, there are so many storylines when it comes to the X-Men. But I think it should just focus on, you know, the, the core five. Or at least, you know, teaching the students to control their powers, at least. I think it's... Yeah. I like that. I like I like it as, like, Harry Potter, but for super-powered mutants. Yeah. No, that's true. But yeah, so I've mentioned the romantic subplots. I like the fact they did them. I think they should do more of them. I think they should do them better. I like Bobby and Rogue in the original. I don't think we've had anything to match yeah, that Yeah, I thought it was good as well, and I enjoyed that. Right, we, we should probably uh, crack on. Um, we've got a couple of other things to cover, <laughs> so let's let's move on. Uh, the, the only thing I wanted to say, and it might take a while actually, post-credits. Oh, yes. What did the, what was that, Zizan, and what did it mean? <laughs> okay, Essex is a very yep. nice town in England. It certainly is. Yeah, it's a home for very good shows, like The Only Way is Essex. I'm pretty sure it's a county rather than a town. Oh, is it? Oh, okay. There you go. I know so much about England. <laughs> um, anyway, Essex is also last name of a villain of X-Men called Mr. Sinister. Good name. Yeah. Okay. He basically clones mutants and that's why they took uh, Wolverine's DNA, basically. Yeah, he's okay. supposed to clone mutants and make a gigantic mutant army for some reason and kill people. Lots of Attack of the clones. Yeah, 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 exactly. Um, but I thought it was a very, very lazy post-credit scene. It was so lazy. Okay. Oh, some random people walk in and look, SX at the end. And I was thinking, you made me wait through all your credits <laughs> just to see that. It's basically like if you go to an Avengers film and then they put the name Thanos on the whiteboard and that was it. Right. They were like, uh... They had, um, they had some X-rays in the background which looked like they might have a beak or something. I don't know whether I just... Maybe I just didn't see that properly. But I was wondering whether the X-rays are supposed to tell us anything. No, I, I couldn't. I don't recall that. But that—that's the significance of that. And I didn't okay. pick it up as well, cause, <laughs> and I've read quite a bit of comics. But I, right. yeah, I was like, I was just as confused as you were when I left the cinema. Okay. Yeah. You thought it was going to be a, a crossover with the only way is Essex. Yeah, probably. It'll be fine. They're speaking uh, very an accent. Okay. Mm. Well, I think that's probably uh, all we need to talk about. X-Men Apocalypse. Um, I think we both agree it was fine, but not better than that. Yeah. Uh, hey, if you have any views, uh, dear listeners of the podcast, uh, you can you can tell them tell them to us. Uh, C to Z of movies at gmail dot com is our email address. Um, send in your thoughts. Send in anything. <laughs> just something, please. Just just tell us 
tell us you like us. Please, tell please. Us yeah. your, your, your favorite film. Tell us uh, what you'd like us to talk about. Uh, speaking of people telling us what they'd like us to talk about, uh, we have a section called Actor Factor where we talk about the films of a particular actor. Uh, and last week I said that uh, that my brother Simon had asked for Judy Dench and that I, I said... If he listens this far, we'll do it. Oh. Um, he listened this far, Zijan. Oh. He me. Why? So, uh, we're talking to you, Zijan. I was trying to be as boring as possible so he wouldn't listen this far. <laughs> well, clearly we need to uh, turn it down a bit. Yeah. It's too exciting. Oh, my God. Uh, I think we should start with Julie Dench's most famous role um, in Pirates of the Caribbean 4, uh, where she played Society Lady. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But then I have to repeat the same thing I told you last uh, two weeks right. ago, that my knowledge of Judy Dench films limited to just James Bond films. Right. And since we're doing, yeah, since we're doing a James Bond quiz like next week, yeah, this is good practice. Going through Wikipedia has proved me correct. Right. Have you seen Pirates of the Caribbean 4? I have seen Pirates of the Caribbean 4, yes. Yeah. Uh, at one point, uh, I think Jack Sparrow probably lands in a carriage and a woman looks shocked. That's Judy Dench. <laughs> 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 Uh, possibly her finest role. Uh, so far, the Caribbean Four is bad. I think, um, I think we can agree on that. Uh, well, maybe not. I'm going to say it. Uh, well, uh, given I, the films I've I... seen of Judy Dench, that may be my favourite film. Of oh, really? oh, wow. Yeah. Um, so she did eight eight James Bond films. That's what people know her best for, uh, mostly, unless they are uh, keen devotees of theatre. Um, so it starts off with Goldeneye, um, which kind of really rebooted that universe. I don't want to talk about too much about James Bond now because there's, there's a possibility we'll do a James Bond episode in some future time, I guess. So that's not. Um, she was also, uh, she played the title characters in the films Iris and Philomena. Um, she's very, very good in both those. And Iris was about uh, Iris Murdoch, uh, who was a, a writer who basically suffered from Alzheimer's. So you kind of, she's playing, she's uh, played by Kate Winslet as the younger version and Julie Dench as the older version. You see her, her life kind of falling apart. Mm-hmm. Um, and Philomena came out a couple of years ago. Um, it stars uh, Steve Coogan alongside Julia Dench, uh, and it's about a woman whose um, whose daughter, daughter, no son, sorry, was taken away from her um, by nuns when she was very young, because basically she was uh, in this convent and they weren't allowed to to have children. But they took her son away and she wasn't allowed to see him. So it's about her trying to track him down. Uh, and again, it's, it was a remarkable performance from both her and Steve Coogan. But it's it's very rare kind of for Steve Coogan to have a role that good. He tends to. I know he's most famous for um, Alan Partridge, and he does do some dramatic roles, but I think he was just tired of not getting good films, so he just wrote this one himself. I always seem, I always seem to bring the tone down a bit at one point. Uh, so let's go for a, a bit more jaunty. She was also in Importance of Being Earnest, uh, which is a great fun film starring Colin Firth, Rupert Everett, and a uh, young uh, Reese Witherspoon alongside uh, Judah Dench. So if you only see one Judah Dench film this week, Susan, I recommend The Importance of Being is Earnest. Is it your favourite? Um, of her films... No, actually, Shakespeare in Love is my favourite of her films. Okay. Um, it's the one she, one she won an Oscar for. Um, she played Elizabeth I in that. That is a. Uh, then she just appeared for like film. two minutes. Yeah, she was barely in it, um, but she was that good when she was there. Uh, yeah, it, it strikes me she's one. It was one of those things where everyone liked her as an actress, but they couldn't give her an Oscar for James Bond, so they thought they'd find what else she was doing and give her for that instead. But Shakespeare in Love is a wonderful film. We're talking a lot about Shakespeare today. Yeah, we are actually. Uh, I've not seen the importance of being earnest, but I've seen the play before. Okay. Yeah. I think it's the only time I've actually burst out laughing in the cinema um, was the importance of being earnest. Uh, the only time? I mean, I've laughed in the cinema, but I don't think I've ever laughed quite that uncontrollably. <laughs> I was laughing for ages. Uh, people started looking at me. It was, uh, there must be, yeah. yeah. I generally, generally keep my emotions a bit more buttoned down. Mm. Um I've got some other films here that I've seen her in, but uh, she tends to play like Pride and Prejudice, Jane Eyre, My Week with Marilyn. She played very small roles. Well, not very small. She had fairly small roles in the first two. I'll be honest, I don't even remember her being in My Week with Marilyn. Um, so, fine. I'm sure she was good. She was in the Marigold Hotel thing, wasn't it? Uh, yes. I haven't seen no. that. Yeah. That's my only contribution to this topic, Colin. <laughs> that's very good. Yeah. Season. Um Right, well, that's Julie Dench. Hope you're pleased, Simon. Apologies <laughs> to everyone else. Yeah, hope you guys enjoyed this monologue by Colin. I'm here, by the way. I'm still um, here. <laughs> still here. Next time, we'll talk about uh, an actor that we've both seen. Yes. Uh, probably. Right. One more segment to go, Zijan. Oh, almost there. Uh, and it's uh, the, the Shawshank recast. Yes, we have a new segment. Do. So last week, um, we mentioned that we were looking at um, a new segment about recasting the classics. So uh, we pick a classic film 
preferably one that both Seaton and I have seen, and say, well, if we're going to make it now, who would we want to be in it? Um, we asked him for your, your suggestions. Uh, I also put it on Facebook, so we've had quite a few suggestions from uh, from Facebook friends. Mm-hmm. Uh, but before we do that, or before we go to their views, Seaton, have you uh, have you picked who you would have to play the Tim Robbins and Morgan yes, Freeman Yes, I have. I actually have three options that I would like for Morgan Freeman's role. Three options? Yeah, I know. I, I was, it was very difficult for me to choose between three. Well, I'll start with the Tim Robbins one. First, because I only have one oh, yeah. for that. I've chosen um, Jason Bateman. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I like okay. Jason Bateman. I think he plays uh, the he played the straight man really well in Arrested Development. Yeah, I'm not sure I've seen him in, in a non comedy. He Even was in playing the straight role. But, Hitch, uh, Hancock, wasn't he? That was a comedy, wasn't it? No, that wasn't a comedy. I mean, it wasn't very funny, but I'm pretty sure it was a comedy. Was it? <laughs> well, maybe not. I don't know. It, it was a comedy, but yeah, I, I think he. Because in Arrested Development, his role wasn't really a comedic role anyway. No, that's true. To be fair, he was he was basically the person taking care of the whole family while everything collapses around him. Yeah. Okay, I could I could see him doing that. Yeah. He's a bit older than Tim Robbins was at the time, I think. He is know. a little bit old, but I mean, you can go with a slightly older Tim, Ro- uh, Tim Robbins finish. character. Shawshank is uh, over a 20-year period, so he's just uh, Tim yeah. Robbins is aged up at the end. I guess they could just young Jason Bateman down at the start or something. Oh. Yep. And for my Morgan Freeman role, yeah, uh, as I got, I've got three. So I've got J.K. Simmons. Okay, I like that. Yeah, yeah. I've got Vincent Donofrio. Right, King Bing. And I've got Liv Schreiber. You see, I um, I was thinking of Liv Schreiber for the for the Andy role, Tim Robbins' role. Oh, really? I I, I didn't go for it in the end because uh, I think he's a bit too old for it. Yeah, that's the thing. Uh, I think he's quite old for that. I I like. Okay, first things first. Microsoft Excel really hates when I type live in, leave in. How do you, how do you say his first thing? I think he pronounced it Liev. Liev. Yeah, Microsoft Office hates it. It keeps changing I... it to live. <laughs> well, that's that's reason enough not to cast him, isn't it? Exactly. Yeah, really. But I liked him in Spotlight. I thought he was really, really good in Spotlight. It's probably the best you know, acting I've seen from him. Yeah, definitely. I, I, I saw it again yesterday and... Um... I, I agree. I, I've I've seen him in a couple of things before and never been blown away. Obviously, he was um was it Sabretooth the name of the character uh, yeah. in uh, X Men Origins, and he's, he's he's never been bad, but he's never been particularly exciting. But yeah, he was just he was really good. In that. I think it was because he was quite kind of quiet and and um, understated. I thought he'd he'd be a good Andy rather than a Red if he was yeah. a bit and, younger. Uh, and that's what I liked about him as well for um yeah Red, okay. just like Winston Donofrio because the Kingpin in the Daredevil series. There's this calming presence about him, mm. but yet imposing at the same time. And we know that he can uh, play someone who's in prison. Yes, as we've seen before. That's reassuring. And J.K. Simmons, just because I think he'll make a very good rate, really. Yeah, he, he does. He's, he's, he's good in everything, isn't he? But, um, yeah, he's a good actor. Yeah, and he had a bit of a comic edge if, if needed. Okay. Who do you so have? When I, when I was thinking this, I was thinking, well, I want someone in the kind of in the mid to late 30s um, for, for Tim Robbins' character. But he needs to be someone who who isn't obviously strong or, or capable because like the whole point Tim Robbins turns up at the start and, and everyone thinks he's not going to make it yeah and I find it quite difficult because I like thinking of these actors like Chris Hemsworth well he, he'd kill everyone when he'd be fine <laughs> with his mighty hammer um, so in the end I went for Joseph Gordon-Levitt um, okay who, yeah who I think I could, he could pull off like being kind of um, under the cosh a bit scared but then would also really be able to pull off the um, kind of inner steel and uh and obviously the intelligence you need for the role as well. But I, th- I think he'd, he'd nail that. I can um, see that, actually. Yeah, he's a very good choice. And uh, I went for Woody Harrelson for Red. Ah. Um, not, not so impressed by that one. Um, mm. Yeah. I, you know, I, I think, because um, he's, he's about the right age now, I think he'd do a good voiceover. Uh, that was fine. <laughs> <laughs> That's your only reason. I think J.K. Simmons can do a good voiceover as well. Has he ever done a voiceover? I'm sure, yeah. I'm sure he must have done. But, um, <laughs> the only reason why I want... <laughs> I, I paused when you said Woody Harrison was because the last film I saw him in was The Hunger Games. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, ah. Okay. Yeah, no, I think, uh, I think he has a bit more range. But, um, yeah, we played a Okay, drunk. so there's mine, but we've had a few. Before I go on to the list we've had in, actually, um, a couple of things. I, I was reading the Wikipedia article, you may have seen this as well, CJ, uh, that Rob Reiner was trying to get the rights for it back in the day. And apparently he'd lined up Tom Cruise and Harrison Ford uh, for those roles. Which, uh, oh, no, I can't see that. No. No, it's a bit, bit, bit too starry, perhaps. No, yeah, it's a bit. 
No. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. That's just wrong. Wow. That's so wrong. That's even worse than Woody Harrelson. Um, and the other thing, so I mentioned Jewel State and her Twitter feed earlier. Uh, as far as I'm aware, Jewel State doesn't listen to the show. Uh, but she did tweet this week, I think in response to the Ghostbusters um, Ferrari, let's remake Shawshank with all women and see how they cope now, or something like that. So uh, she, she wants to go for a female-led Shawshank, and a couple well, of our suggestions on Facebook have come, have uh, been female. Uh, so my brother suggested Alison Janney and Tony Collette. Okay, well, given that the biggest hit on Netflix is Orange is the New Black, yes, and it's set in a female prison, isn't it? I don't see why it would have worked, really. I'm not sure which Alison Janney would be and which one would be Tony Collette. Um, they're, they're both, they're the both about the same age, aren't they? Yeah. Like um, in the 50s? Yeah, I guess. Aren't they? So my Tony Collette might be a bit younger than that. Are they? Um, really? Are they, they are quite senior. Y- yes. Also, uh, Darren, Darren Street, our friend Darren. Uh, Hi, Darren. <laughs> you know he can't hear you. <laughs> he can't, he's listening. He will. Yeah. He will. Um, has gone for Scarlett and Susan. I assume that's Scarlett Johansson and Susan Sarandon. I can see Susan Sarandon as Ray. Definitely Susan Sarandon would, would uh, yeah, kind of the elder figure in the in the prison. I don't really see Scarlett as Tim Robbins' character. No, I, right. I'm i a big fan of Scarlett Johansson, but I'm not sure. No, I don't know if she can pull the I mean, prison look very well. <laughs> yeah, I'll give her a chance. Uh, Darren's also suggested uh, Denzel and Jake G. I assume that's Denzel Washington and Jake Gyllenhaal. Um, weren't they in the film together before? Uh, were they? What were they in? It seemed, I, I, I seem to, for some reason, recall that they were in the film before. Well, they they probably have been. Uh, they make a lot of films. Yeah. Uh, anyway, the, that's the good. Was, was my suggestion for Gordon Gecko last week for or last time for Wall Street? Um, but anyway, yes, I think he's. Yeah, I think he, I think I work actually. Yeah, Jake Jake is very very good. And he's got good range. Yeah, he has. He'd, he'd have to add a bit of weight, so because at the moment he's a bit too. Uh, Lean and strong. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm sure he'll pull it off, though. I, I mean, he looks very skinny in Nightcrawler. I mean, if he has the same yeah. body build in Nightcrawler, I think it'll work. Yeah. Um, some suggestions were less serious than others. Um, so Nick Frost has suggested Peter Dinklage uh, for both characters. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, he's also suggested, and I don't know whether this, this reference might be lost on you, Zijan, uh, Mr. Blobby and Noel Edmonds. Yeah, it's lost on me. Yeah. Well, those are listeners who grew up in, in Britain. You'll know who Mr. Blobby and Noel Edmonds is. We'll skate over that. I've had a suggestion my friend Rob, Rob Rowe. Hey, Rob. Uh, he's gone for Christian Bale and Idris Elba, which, again, I think they're both very good actors. I'm not sure if Christian Bale will be, be able to quite so well pull off um, Tim Robbins' character at the start of the film as a kind of person that everyone thinks is going to die. But Christian Bale has played quite a few characters that look like that, though. Like he, in, yeah. the, in The Fighter, was it? He was quite scrawny. But he, he was scrawny, but he was... Vicious. I guess maybe American Hustle, he played someone who was fairly uh, podgy. Yeah, he did. Okay. Yeah. I, I think that, that could work. And it just Albert, good call. Yeah. He's gone for the, keeping the white and black dynamic, which obviously isn't in the book. In the book, the uh, uh, red white. is a, a white Irishman. Um, Yannick has suggested uh, Jack Black and Jenny Chan, uh, Jackie Chan. <laughs> Either way round. <laughs> I think that's the only uh, Asian suggestion we've had those Asian. Yeah, I don't think Jackie Chan can pull off Andy's role. Well, let's let's say he's red. He's quite old now, isn't he? Yeah, he is and quite Jack, old. Jack right. Black is... Uh, Even Jack Black is quite old, isn't he now? Uh, I don't know. He's not... Uh, Early 40s, maybe? Yeah, it's probably around that. Yeah, I reckon mm. he can do it. Um, yeah. John Kingsley has suggested Wesley Snipes and Robert Downey Jr. because they've both been in jail. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't checked if that's true or not. <laughs> so uh, I should probably put allegedly in there somewhere. Well, because obviously being actors, they can't. Re- you need to be in that position before before you can actually do the job. Exactly. Exactly. Mm. That's that's true method. Um, got Sammy Davis, my friend Sammy, suggested Eddie Murphy for both characters. Uh, it works so well in his other films. Uh, <laughs> uh, just like Adam Sandler. Yeah. yeah well, did you see uh, Norbit? Um, I didn't, no, I, I didn't I refuse to watch that. Um, I refuse to watch that, yeah. And yeah, my friend Mark, Mark Grimm, hey mm. Mark, uh, has gone for Mickey Rourke as Red and uh, Jeremy Renner for Andy. Or possibly Michael B. Jordan. I think that could work, actually. I think Mickey Rourke can may be a very good rate. He's a very good rate. Yes, yeah. He's, he's, certainly, he's certainly shown the, uh, the effect of age. Um, I think he'd be very good uh, 
it kind of sounds like someone who's been through that. I don't think Mikey Rourke's ever been to prison. I could be wrong, but he looks like someone who's been through a prison system. Yeah, he does. Um, Jeremy Renner, yeah, I could buy that. I think I thought about Michael B. Jordan. I thought he was maybe too young for it. Yeah, me um, too, actually. Um, I was going through like the list. I had Miles Teller prior, uh, previously because I put Jackie Simmons down. But then I thought oh, yeah. Miles Teller looks way too young. I, again, I thought Miles Teller. Um, but yeah, I think it's kind of yeah, maybe in 10 years' time, but not mm. right now. Uh, but yeah, definitely uh, Jeremy Renner making rock. But my favourite suggestion actually uh, came from Mark Saunders. Um, we had Tim Robbins playing Red uh, and Eddie Redmayne as Andy, which uh, I think Eddie Redmayne would be a good call. Mm. He's, he's got that kind of vulnerability, uh, does. but also he does. Does uh, a good shot. So, uh, so well done, Mark. If we actually gave prizes in this show, you'll have won something. But we don't. Metaphorical prize. Uh, that was great fun. Let's do that again sometime. Um, yeah, I like doing that. Uh, well, that's uh, the end of the show. What are we doing next fortnight, Zijana? We're doing uh, games in films, actually. So basically, films adapted from games. But I think, Colin, you're doing something about games in films itself. I think so, because I've, I've realised I've only seen maybe two films that are, that are based on games, whereas I've seen a few more that included games. Well, we can do that as well. So we'll be talking about it in two weeks' time. Excellent. Uh, we'll see you then. Cheers. Bye.